listening to Package Your Genius, a conversation designed to give you clarity on your calling and serve as a catalyst for your career. I'm your host, Amanda Miller Littlejohn. It's the first podcast of the second quarter, 2019. Welcome to Q2. I don't know why I'm always so excited when we get a new quarter. Um, I guess the start of a new quarter for me is sort of like the start of a new year because I typically set quarterly goals versus annual goals. Actually, I set annual goals too, but I have quarterly goals that map to the year. So I am typically doing something each quarter that helps me reach my bigger goals. And sometimes I just have goals that are just for the quarter and have nothing really to do with the year. But anyway, I digress. I don't know how I got off on that tangent. But because this is my first episode of a brand new quarter, I wanted to talk about pivoting. Which, you know, if you're anything like me and you're always thinking about how to improve, bring more focus and fall even more in love with your work and your life and your day to day, uh, pivoting is something that may be on your mind. And I guess because we have this new quarter, I'm also just thinking about how can we assess the quarter that just passed as well as how can we make sure that this year is really shaping up to be what we set out for it to be when um, we got a new year. So I wanted to share today six questions to help you think through a potential pivot for your personal brand, for your career, for your business. Uh, It's a process of inquiry I share with my clients and it is one that you can find within my brand energy assessment download. You can download an actual fillable PDF that you can type on and fill out and print out and keep for your records. So that is on my homepage and I'll include it also in the show notes. And then I'll also share about um, the personal branding companion workbook, which has a similar process of inquiry for you to follow if you're so inclined. So yeah, pivoting, what would even make a person require a pivot or be in the mood to pivot? Well, I feel like anytime you are feeling that sense of discontent or something's not quite right or something is off, And something needs to change in your life, even if it's not like a huge overhaul, but maybe a a small tweak to help you optimize what you're doing better. You have to start with, you know, a process of inquiry to figure out, well, what is missing? What is wrong? uh, What could be improved? And how can I make those improvements? And so I think a lot of people are not really thinking and evaluating and being self-aware on a day-to-day basis. I know for me, um, that self-awareness and mindfulness is really born when I journal. 
And so if you don't have a journaling practice or a meditation practice, or if you don't work with a business coach or a life coach or someone who's holding you accountable on a day-to-day basis to the things that you say that you want, it can be really easy for you to get off track. And the only way we really know we are off track is because we start to get those sensations of boredom, of sadness, of overwhelm, of dread. That's a really good a really good clue that something needs to change. Or we just kind of feel like we're coasting and if we're not built to coast and we're built to speed, that can be disconcerting. So um, if you are feeling any of those feelings, if you're just not loving the day-to-day that is your current existence, I want to take you through some questions that can help you assess what you may need to change and then how can we shift your energy and start bringing more things into your day-to-day that can help you feel your very best. So first question to consider if you are thinking about a potential pivot and again a pivot does not have to be like I'm moving across the country or changing jobs or getting a divorce. A pivot could be a small tweak. It could be oh I need to hire another person on my team or you know I need to start volunteering more because that's something that generally lights me up and when that's not a part of my life I miss it and something feels amiss so again a pivot could be major a big huge change but could also be something smaller so first question now I want you to ask yourself and reflect on is what's working What is working? What's working right now? What's energized and stretched you over the last 18 months? And because we have this fresh quarter, we could even look at Q1 to reflect more acutely on our very recent past, right? So if you started off the year very strong and energized and hopeful, which so many of us do, and maybe that hopeful energy has faded a bit. Let's think first about what worked well over that first quarter. What energized you and stretched you? Um, What made you feel really alive? And I mean, that idea, that sensation of physical energy is extremely important because your energy is a window into your passions and your strengths. So again, what is working? What has worked over the last three months? How was Q1? If we reflect on it, what really energized us and stretched us? And are we still doing all of those things? Are we making sure to be intentional about building those energizing activities and people into our day-to-day lives and our day-to-day schedules. Um, Just as a point of reference, one of the things that really energized me last year was meeting regularly with a friend and business colleague Uh, to talk about our businesses and hold each other accountable because we both have really big goals for our, um, our businesses. And we are also in a mastermind group together, uh, a, a mastermind group where the members are like all over the country and I think all over the world. There are a few international members. But somehow over the summer, we got off track we got off of our schedule we we had been meeting like a couple times a month but then we stopped and I 
was doing some reflection and I really realized that I missed that interaction. I really missed having those meetings where we can talk and commiserate and pump each other up and, um, you know, encourage one another, but also talk about what's working, what's not working and, and share, I guess, war stories, what have you. And so we recently met up for lunch and kind of got our, um, weekly co-working, you know, business CEO time, co-CEO time back on the calendar. And it's awesome because now I get to look forward to our um, our co-working sessions. It's, it's a highlight of my week because, you know, I get to, you know, get my work done, but also think big picture and really have that strategic focus that's so important when you're trying to move a business forward and not simply execute on your day-to-day tasks. So I don't think I would have been aware that that was something I missed had I not reflected on how energized I was when I spent time with my colleague and friend. So again, what has worked, what's energized and stretched you and, you know, If that thing is no longer a part of your life, you're no longer doing it, maybe ask yourself why. It could be a time to bring it back. So question number two that I want you to reflect on is what is not working as well? What drains you? What tasks, projects, and people do you intentionally find yourself avoiding? So the same way... Positive energy is a window into what lights you up and what you should spend your time on, what you should focus your energy on, what you're meant to be doing, what you're built to do, what's not working as well and what drains you. um, Those are things that you can hopefully try to remove or delegate um, so that you can spend more time in your zone of genius and your sense of purpose and fulfillment. So just to give you a quick example, I just had a call with a new company I plan to hire that places project managers and assistants that are trained to work with online-based businesses um, into you know high growth coaching and consulting practices. And so the call was really great. I was really excited about it because I have all of these things that I want to delegate and take off of my plate and get some help around. And I was super excited and energized about the the prospect of taking all of these things off of my to-do list and really using my brain and my energy and my skills and my passions in the way they were designed to be used, which isn't always, you know, the logistical, the delivery, the technology, the technological stuff that has to happen to deliver, um, my actual products and services. So anyway, uh, I was very excited. Got on the call. We were talking, so, you know, video Zoom call. Great conversation. And then he's telling me that I need to develop some standard operating procedures, which is for whatever reason has been this thing on my to-do list for years. And I have developed some SOPs, but like not to the degree that I need to so that I can be completely free. And when he told me that I needed to record some videos on Loom to show how I do certain tasks so that 
you know, that can make the training process for the assistant go much more smoothly. I could literally feel my energy just like fading away. It was like a plant or flower in the sun that just starts to wilt. And I, I mean, we were on a video call, so I saw myself, you know, on the video and a minute ago I was like super energized and excited. And then all of a sudden I just felt tired. So, I mean, that is literally a super clear example of the things that you should not be doing. I do not want to record these videos. Now, I'm going to do it because I know that once I do it, I will no longer have to really think about these tasks and it'll definitely make the process of onboarding the new project manager easier and obviously set them up for success because it's basically my way of training them. But I thought it was hilarious that the very thing I reached out to this company for to get support around because it drains me, like even talking about doing it or or my involvement, even in such a small part of the process of getting the ball rolling, physically drained me like it made me tired. So when you think about the conversations you've had over the last few weeks or even again, if we're focusing on the quarter that just passed, what were some of the situations you found yourself in where, you know, your eyes glazed over, you felt yourself getting physically tired, um, you just kind of zoned out because it's not your thing, right? Like that is not where you should be spending your energy. And if at all possible, you've got to find a way to delegate or even remove those things from your life. And these could be tasks. These could be processes that you have to perform. These could be people, right? Like I know we all have people in our lives when we talk to them, we just feel tired because you can't follow what they're saying or maybe they don't talk at all and so you're bored. But like people in your life should energize you too and maybe not all the time. Like you shouldn't be bouncing off the wall and expect people to entertain you, but being around them should feed you and definitely not take anything away from the energy that you had. So also think about the people in both your personal and working life that may need to be avoided or removed. Number three, third question. Is there anything or anyone from the past that you miss? Relationships, clients, services, hobbies. So, you know, going back to that initial thing I shared with the co-working, co-CEO time with my friend, that's definitely something that I missed. And bringing it back not only is helping me be more productive because I'm getting weekly time to think about the big picture of where I'm going with my business, but it also has the added bonus of giving me something to look forward to before we have our meeting. So that's super fun. And so when you think about your quarter, and you may want to go back even further to this time last year, right? So how were you doing last spring? Were you excited? Were you happy? Were you energized? Um, If you were, and that's not the case now, what changed? You know, what did you take away? Did you alter your routine in any way? Did you stop going to your favorite coffee shop in the morning? Uh, I talked a few episodes ago about how I used to journal religiously and it was a part of my day. I prioritized journaling and really cataloging my thoughts and processing my thoughts and emotions through writing in my journal. And 
when I went an extended period of time without doing that, I totally realized that I missed it because I was no longer having the aha moments that I used to have. I wasn't making the connections. I wasn't seeing my own patterns. My ability to plan effectively was impaired because I wasn't doing that regular reflection, you know? And so I really realized I missed journaling and I needed to reprioritize it because it's important to me. And when I let it go I think I was making the assumption that it wasn't that important and it was almost a um, a luxury to be able to spend that time and write but after not having it in my life and seeing the difference that it not being there made I realized that for me journaling is not a luxury it's actually a necessity and so for you if something has been removed maybe your schedule changed and you have to pick your kids up later so you no longer get to go to yoga uh, and now you're super cranky and you thought you could make it without your yoga three times a week but now that you're not doing it you feel stiff you know, your knee is acting up and you're always stressed out, whereas you used to be calm. How can we find the space to bring that yoga back? So think about the things that uh, you miss people, the services you miss. I've had several services that I retired, but then brought back because I actually missed the engagement with the client in that way. And I realized that, for example, I used to do a 90 minute session and I at some point became overbooked with them and I felt like it was just too much because it's I bring a lot to those sessions energetically, physically, mentally. And so when I kind of take on someone's story and sift through their lives and hear all of their patterns and kind of report that back to them in the documents that I create to support the sessions, um, it, it takes a lot out of me. And so I'm really not able to do more than one of those a week. And I was booking like two to four a week at the height of that session. And so I removed it. But after I brought it, after it was gone for a while, I realized I really missed engaging with clients that way because it helps me understand where people are and what they're struggling with. And it was feeding all sorts of things like that I didn't even realize it was feeding like content, programming, other services, um, you know, books, all of these ideas were coming from the work with the clients. And so I realized I did miss it. So I decided to bring it back. But I brought it back at a higher price point so that number one, I would have fewer um, people who would enroll simply because the price point was a little bit of a barrier to entry. And then I just put a cap on how many I would do each month. So I can still do them, but I just kind of managed my energy around them. But that was seriously, um, that whole process of bringing the service back was born from me answering the question of, is there anything from the past that I miss? And does it make sense to revive it? So for you, if there is a relationship that you miss, a client you miss, a service, a hobby, some aspect of your routine, ask yourself if it makes sense to revive that thing and brainstorm some ways 
you can potentially bring it back in some capacity. All right. Question number four. Upon reflection, what should be scaled back or discontinued? Did something you thought you wanted not turn out the way that you thought it would? I mean, we all (laughs) make mistakes in terms of bringing things back into our lives or getting rid of things or, or creating new projects, especially services. You know, if you have a business launching a new program or service, you think that you want to work with this particular audience. But then once you get into it, you realize, oh, I actually don't like working with this audience. Or you think you want to work a certain way. And then once you start doing it, you realize you don't want to work a certain way. And, you know, for people who create content, that could look like you deciding to start a podcast. And after your first five or six episodes, you realize that you hate podcasting. It happens, right? And so that's why I always tell people to give yourself like a commitment, but do not do not make indefinite commitments. So if someone says to me, I really think that I want to start a podcast. I always start with, you know, why don't we outline your first 12 episodes? And if nothing else, you have one season of a podcast outlined, you can record it that can live on iTunes on your website and be out there promoting you and connecting you with your tribe, whether you continue to do it or not. But don't necessarily feel like you have to podcast indefinitely, right? And so um, that's just a, a hack for you if you're nervous about starting something new because you don't want to commit indefinitely, give yourself a cap and say, oh, I'm producing a season of a podcast and I'm setting out to do these 12 episodes and that's it. And after I do the 12 episodes, the podcast will either end there or we'll come back for season two or maybe we won't. But the ideas and the information will be out there helping people regardless. And I can be proud of the fact that I recorded 12 episodes. That's nothing to be ashamed of. But If you have started something that maybe has not worked out the way you thought it would, again, ask yourself, what should be scaled back or discontinued? And be honest with yourself. Going back to that energy piece, if something's draining you and um, you created it because you wanted to create an opportunity for yourself or to connect with the wider world in a way that was fun for you, and now that you're in it, it's not fun for you and the goal was fun, Um, how can you scale that back or get rid of it? Like you don't have to stay the course if the course is taking you somewhere you ultimately do not want to go. Question number five. Oh, this is a good one. What do you want more of? Simple, simple question. What do you want more of? So many times people will say, oh, I want to build my brand or I want to get media exposure, or I want to do more speaking engagements, and I want to make more money. Um, But they're not super clear on the exact thing that they want more of, right? So I think it's one thing to say, I want to build my brand, but what does that look like for you? It's another thing to say, I want to build my business. What does that look like for you? And if your focus is revenue, are you 
spending most of your time on activities that generate revenue? If your focus is visibility, are you spending enough time on activities that generate visibility? So truly ask yourself, what do you want more of? And whatever that thing is, you need to double down and increase your energy, efforts, and time there. You know, if you want to be in a relationship and that's really important to you and you want more connection in a romantic context, but you're not dating, you're not going out and meeting people, um, you're not connecting with the person you're already with, right? (laughs) Like you're not making time for date nights or making time to take walks and reconnect, then something is wrong there. You have to recalibrate and balance, but it starts with answering that question of what is it that you want more of? And once you're clear on that, you know, well, okay, is my life and my reality lining up with the thing I say I want more of? All right, question number six. What is one thing that could change everything? What one action could have a positive ripple effect and up-level your life? And how can you make that your focus? I know that sounds like a big question and almost a difficult question to simply answer at first glance. And I'll recommend two books that may help you. Uh, Essentialism is one. And then the one thing is another. And I'll share links to both in the session notes. But essentially... Both of those books talk about the 80-20 rule whereby um, most people are spending 80% of their time on things that really don't matter and 20% of their time on the things that are important. Whereas if you could flip that and spend 80% of your time on the things that are important to you and 20% of your time on everything else, you would get much better results, whether those be, you know, monetary revenue results, connection, relationship results, whatever it is that you want more, you set as a goal. If you're spending 80% of your time and effort on getting the most important thing, then you're good. So just to give an example of an answer to this question, what's one thing that could change everything? I've shared before that for years I've had, you know, write Packager Genius, the book on my vision board. And it was on my vision board and my, I guess, to-do list, so to speak, because I knew that writing that book was, was the key to unlocking so many things for me personally and professionally. I knew that writing that book would essentially be the first domino that would create you know, that knockdown effect to other chain reactions happening in my life. So, you know, writing the book opened the door for speaking engagements. It could build my tribe and let more people know about me and get my ideas into the hands of more people. Um, it could be a way to um, open the door to organizations that may want to work with me. All of these things that I knew this this simple thing, this having this simple thing of a book could do. Now, the simple part was not having a book. It was writing the book. It was sitting down and committing the time and focus and energy on the writing process because I actually had all of the information. It was just a matter of committing that time to get it down on paper, get it formatted and organized and edited 
making sure that it flowed, making sure that I captured everything I wanted to share, but also got rid of some stuff that didn't really make sense for this book. Uh, so pruning it, but also, you know, making it more impactful in areas and breaking things down step by step to make make ideas even more clear. But that book was really the one thing that changed a lot of things for me because if my goals were to get the word out and fill my programs for Package or Genius Academy or um, get into corporations as a speaker, the book has helped me in so many ways. So for example, now, typically when I interview clients who've submitted applications for the Academy, I would say about half of the people who apply will say, oh, I read your book and I realized that I wanted to work with you in a deeper way. Like I actually wanted to hire you. So I've had a few people say that, which they could not have said one year ago, which I think is really cool. So um, it has helped me boost enrollment for my programs. It has uh, created its own lane because people are buying that book on Amazon without me you know, really knowing who they are or how they're finding it. But the book has now created its own kind of um, line item in revenue for me, which I was expecting, but not really like I wasn't counting on it or depending on it or banking on it. I just figured, oh, I will sell some books and it'll help me grow other parts of my business. It's open doors for corporate engagements that you know, weren't open before people reaching out and saying, we want you to come present on the principles of the book. And it's also open doors for media and other visibility and exposure opportunities because having that book just legitimizes me as an expert and helps people understand how they can work with me and how I can help their audiences. So it just opens so many doors and it seems like, Yes, writing a book is a big deal and it's a lot of hard work and it absolutely should have benefits in your business. But for me, again, it really set off a chain reaction that helped me reach so many of the other goals that were already in place for my personal brand and business. It was simply kind of the the linchpin, like the key action that just made everything else make sense. So you want to think about for you, like what is one thing that could change everything? I would say moving forward, getting this project manager in place is definitely one of those one things that can change everything. And I think it's interesting to note that like book, the book was on my vision board for years. And then I finally like bit the bullet and did it. And then it was great. And the standard operating procedures and project management stuff has been on my vision board or in my to-do list or just kind of floating out there as this thing that I know I need to do for years as well. So I'm sure that once I do it, uh, it will change everything and it'll be amazing. And so maybe that's a sign that something is the one thing because it has been on your mind and on your heart forever and you keep avoiding it because you know it's the thing that's going to make the difference but it's also likely the hard thing to do so um I just kind of have that connection right now I'm going to think about some other things that I've been putting off and have not wanted to do but they have paid off big time or could pay off big time for me hmm 
So anywho, those are the six questions. If you want a tool, like I said, to capture them and write down your thoughts, I have a free PDF that is actually fillable. So you can type right on the file and save that to help you really dive into your thoughts. And that is available on the show notes for this episode. It's my brand energy assessment. It's an awesome tool that takes you through the questions I just asked you, but it gives you a space to record your responses. And then also the Package Your Genius Companion workbook has tons of great questions like this. That's essentially what the workbook is. Um, I would say it probably has like 100 questions like this, if not more. (laughs) Um, But it's a really great tool to help you reflect and ask the tough questions to get that self-awareness that we need to move our personal brands and business forward. So I hope you'll check it out. I'll also include a note or a link rather to that as well. But thanks for joining me for this episode of Package Your Genius. Happy second quarter shoot me a note or say hi on social media and let me know what you're working on this quarter and what are some of the things that you are going to refocus on because maybe you missed them. Uh, What are some of the things you're going to get rid of? Like what's your game plan for the second quarter? I want to know. I'm nosy like that. So hit me up on social media and let me know. I hope you enjoyed the episode and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.